0: I'm not sure if you're aware but I'm the baby of my family, the family over here in the mm-hmm. house <laughs> um, I' have two older brothers and I was a baby and I was a late baby at that so my older brothers were five and ten years older and so I was really baby and part of the way that manifested itself in my life is, um, I love to be right. So much so that I probably need therapy. Uh, But I'll toss and turn in bed at night. If I had an opportunity to be right earlier in the day and the right words slipped my mind, And I'll want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and call Jen and say, hey, look, here's what I meant to say. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it gets me into arguments, which is ironic because I also love to be liked. And so I don't like confrontation. And so it's really, it's competing, you know, whatever. And and it's really, I do need prayer and and therapy. It's comforting. I think Pastor Melissa said last week when, she was giving the message on Thursday night that she really felt that the chapter uh, from the Roster book in celebration of discipline uh, on solitude and simplicity, those chapters were really speaking to her and that she could just read it here for you uh, and to herself would be a worthwhile experience. Um, I feel the same about this week. I also feel comforted because what I is, I'm not the only one that likes to be right, and it really has nothing to do with birth order. Uh, What it has to do with is uh, that's how our culture and society is. In fact, um, if it's not ingrained in you or built in by your birth order, it's taught to us in many ways, even in our educational system. No offense to teachers, I was a teacher once as well. But it is uh, something that is ingrained in us from the earliest of time. It's so deeply embedded into our belief system and into our collective uh, psyche that we never really pause to consider it. Um, I was reading this article from Psychology Today uh, by this guy, Dr. Mel Schwartz. And he was talking about our need to be right. Um, And he says uh, part of it is rooted in our educational system. Uh, where it's built and constructed uh, on uh, right and wrong, and rewards and punishments based on being right and wrong. And, and so you can think about some of our most boring classes, uh, and where we just raise our hand uh, to give the right answer, and we're praised by the teacher. Uh, if we give the wrong answer, what happens, Marley? People like Bob laugh at you, right? And you're ridiculed, uh, or you have to stay after school, or whatever it is. Um, and so we talk about how those things are even so subtly built into us and, and affirms us um, and inflates our sense of self-worth. And in fact, raising our hand um, to give the right answer doesn't teach us anything. You already know the answer. That's why you're raising your hand in most cases. And so he, and so through this article, he says, imagine um, what it would look like um, if, if it was different. In in terms of our classrooms, imagine what it looked like if uh, the most intriguing questions uh, were, were, we were given room to get intriguing questions uh, from the seats um, and that uh, how different that would be from rote memorization, spewing back uh, info rooted in right and wrong, according to Dr. Schwartz, Um, raising your hand to gain the reward of getting the correct answer is pointless. But if we could raise our hand to give questions, raise raise questions, how rewarding that would be and how interesting uh, that would be um, if we had room. And many of our best teachers, I'm sure Jen does this, and Pastor Melissa in her speech classes makes room for good questions um, and how that could help reverse, or at least for a moment in time, uh, deflect us from the need of being right and wrong. Uh, but anyway, in uh, Jesus, our greatest teacher, uh, it was interesting, I was reading about this book called Questions Jesus Asked. And in the Gospels, Jesus asked, as a teacher, he was a rabbi, he asked 307 questions. That was his mode of teaching. And a lot of times his questions weren't to elicit a yes or no response or a right or wrong response. Uh, a lot of times they were rhetorical or, they were, or reversals. So he would ask things that would just keep people, you know, puzzling because they were so intriguing. Um, he was asked by others, especially people trying to trap them into right and wrong answers. He was asked 183 questions. And do you know how many this is trivia? Keith. you know, how many answers, G's, direct answers to those 183 questions? Anybody want to take a guess? Zero. Three. Three. Three direct answers. The rest of the time, he would either twist the question around or ask another question uh, back to the questioner. You think about the famous back-and-forth with pilot. Three times he only gave answers to 183 questions. Well, I'll give all this as we just think about what it means to feel like we're right or the demand to be right uh, and how awful we feel about ourselves when we're wrong um, and how that has affected us Richard Foster says that uh, he agrees with the psychologist. We're obse- we are obsessed with getting our own way. Foster says this obsession to demand that things go the way we want them to go is one of the greatest bondages in human society. So I'm not alone. That was the comfort I was getting at. So he says it's one of the greatest things in our society that bond you know that keeps us in bondage. So it's the opposite of freedom. So we're looking for freedom here through these. Uh, these spiritual disciplines. And that's been a common theme all along the way for Foster, looking for freedom. All of these disciplines, prayer and study and solitude and silence and simplicity are all uh, avenues to help us to experience freedom that comes in following Christ. And, And he says, so if obsession to be right or to get our way is bondage, what's the antidote for that? What is the antidote? What's the What's the release here to that bondage? And Foster says it is the spiritual discipline of submission. Submission. Now, submission sounds like a terrible word. I mean, who wants to submit to anyone? One of my favorite scriptures, favorite verses in all the Bible, that I like to repeat back to Pastor Melissa is, that wives must submit to their husbands. Right? You know how much submitting Melissa does to her husband? Not much. Not <laughs> no, equal. Equal. Because if you keep re, if you just stop there, then yeah, that's a abusive submission. That's an abusive use of scripture. Because Paul doesn't stop there. It goes on. And guess what? It says the husband. Hey, husbands, guess what? You need to respect your wives as well. And children, you know, you need to be under the discipline of your parents. And guess what? Parents, you need to love your children. And so, all throughout the scriptures, Jesus and God are very clear about the healthy forms of mutual subordination, mutual submission. Um, It's us humans that take that word and and abuse one another. Uh, It's we humans that take that command to submit, uh, to use against people, uh, and to keep people in bondage. But the actual spiritual discipline of submission is a very free word, uh, because it frees us from this obsession that Foster has talked about. In fact, every discipline has its corresponding freedom. And so, in submission is no different. It's the ability to lay down the terrible burden. Now, I talked about tossing and turning in my bed, about being right or wrong, and I'm not joking. And so I need to experience this discipline of submission, uh, and I'll gain that freedom to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get our own way. Um, and so submission helps us to do that. And so if we're not talking about... Negative, abusive submission. Um, then, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? And I kind of gave you a little foretaste or a little taste of that. And I said mutual subordination, and that is um, we are uh, always thinking and putting other people first, regardless of station in life. And so I'm putting Melissa. I'm submitting to Pastor Melissa as my pastor, as my wife. I'm submitting to her. I'm putting her first. I can have a conversation with her, and I'm very good at when she's telling me something, of saying, you're right. Or, better yet, not saying anything at all. Aren't I really good at that, Wilson? No. (laughs) She can't lie at church, right? I'm terrible at that. Um, And that's part of that bondage. That keeps me in bondage. Uh, But the type of submission that... Foster's talking about, and the Bible lays out, is the type that I can hear and listen to my wife, or listen to Melissa, listen to my pastor, listen to my friend, um, and not feel the need, the desire, the bondage of having to get my way every single time. I want to go to that stupid concert, and I don't say that out loud, that'll get me in trouble, right? <laughs> but I submit to that uh, That's a silly example, uh, but you get the point. And vice versa, you know, in, in a healthy relationship, she submits to me as well. Uh, that mutual subordination. Uh, but Foster goes on to say that, and Christ lays it out for us, he says, if any man, he he quotes Jesus, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He says this is the essence of all Jesus' teaching, the sacrificial faith that we sign up for when we accept Jesus as our Savior um, is that Jesus uh, calls us to do the same, and that is to deny ourselves. That's so countercultural, and to deny ourselves is so hard to do, uh, but it is a discipline, and in this case, a discipline that we can work at and we can do. Um, Foster goes into giving us um, seven acts of submission. Uh, that can help train you and help uh, and help keep you um, in a mode of submission from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And here's what he means by that. The first one, and I guess this is in order, is you submit to the triune God. And so we submit to the Father and the Holy Spirit. We, we submit to the Creator. So you're waking up, giving thanks and things to God. you create. created, thank God for this day. We're an example of Centering yourself in this, discipline of submitting. I am at your mercy. I submit to the Creator um, and to the Son, the Savior. I commit life to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this day uh, for dying for my sins and receiving me into your grace. And to the Holy Spirit that uh, can use the work in us. So work in me today. I give my actions to you today. And so that's what submitting to the God like. the second action is submit to scripture and so if you really want to practice some, uh, denial and giving over of yourself not the need to be right all the time then submit to scripture which he means not just hearing the scripture read but receiving it and obeying it you know, the obeying the scripture part is really where you and I will fall short most of the time um, if we're going to fall short in submitting the scripture we submit to family Amen, and don't raise your hands this is not a joke Uh, But how many of your families, how many of our families have been torn apart um, when a simple, humble act of submission could have solved a family argument? And and if we thought about our family arguments or splits or just difficult seasons, in many cases, in some cases, it's probably even what we would call silly, silly arguments. And someone just needed to humble themselves to submit and, and then... What we mean by submit is you you give up the need to be right or the the need to get your way. I don't need to get my way. I don't care where the family reunion is. And that we laugh because that's how silly it seems, but those kinds of things break families apart. And so submitting to family sounds like, well, that's an easy one, but no, it's probably the harder of the first three we've mentioned here. Submitting to God, we at least can process the, the importance of that. Submitting the scripture saying, it's family. Oh, but well, you don't know how my family is. Amen? Don't say amen. <laughs> Four, submit to neighbors. So again, don't raise your hand about how many of us here have had a dispute with our literal neighbors. At some point in time, uh, growing up, or as adults. And a lot of times, we, you and I, could have finished that dispute by humbling ourselves. and Submitting uh, to our neighbors. I don't need to get my way on this fence line. They can be over the line six inches. They can cut this tree down. They can plant a tree here. That would be a better example. Number five submit to the church community. Churches are splitting every day and in conflict every day. Um, You want to see people that are committed to getting their own way, step into most churches anywhere in the USA. Amen? Because emotions run high in churches um, because we're already filled with the Spirit and filled with other things and and emotional. And a lot of times it's where our grandparents went to church and, and we can get into some fierce, fierce arguments over where we're going to put this altar or this table or whether we're going to get this new hymnal or old hymnal. Um, And those split churches, and that could be avoided if someone would just act, uh, a simple act of submission. I don't need to get my way with this. I don't need to be right at this meeting. I'm going to submit to others. Six, uh, the broken and despised of the world. The broken and despised um, and, and, and opportunities to serve others. Uh, in fact, this spiritual discipline of submission flows directly into service, the spiritual discipline of service. Um, and we're not going to talk about that tonight because it flows so nicely in and We talk about serving others, and we have people like McKenzie modeling that for us. Uh, but submission in terms of to a broken and despised society, finding opportunities to humble yourself, I don't I don't care if they're right or wrong I'm just going to go and help someone that needs help I don't need to uh, be right on this one I don't need to get my way we just need to help these people that need help That's like submitting to the broken and despised world the last one on Foster's list is we need to submit to the world and what he means by that is not you know worldly endeavors but um, knowing that we are just a small, small piece in a huge, huge world, and that all of our actions uh, affect others, um, including our actions against the creation itself, and paying attention that the you know, things that we do today uh, will affect the next generation as well. It's a very broad sense of submitting to the world. Um, and it might feel good to get your way in this, but it might affect the way we leave the world tomorrow. So submitting to the world of that. So again, seven different acts of submission uh, to practice to the triune God, to scripture, to family, to neighbors, to church community, to broken and despised, and to the world. These are seven acts of submission to, to help us practice putting others first, to help us practice not being right all the time, and to help us practice picking up the cross and denying ourselves. And it's extremely countercultural. The world's gonna say, no, you are first. You gotta put yourself first. And the world's gonna say that, um, you know, self, self, everything else is more and more important than self denial. Um, and so people are gonna look, back, look at you like you're crazy. And you say, I'm practicing spiritual discipline and submission. Um, but it is so important and so rich. It, and it's such an antidote for for this issue of bondage to always having to get our way. As I um, sit here with you, it would be irresponsible not to mention, and um, Foster goes into great length um, to say this as well, want I'm um, sure um, that this spiritual discipline of submission is not abused. And if you ever feel, or I feel, um, like this is damaging, you know, that this act of submission is being used to damage you, or someone you love, then you need to um, recognize it right away and and take a step back and say, hey, wait a minute, is this a spiritual discipline, or is this someone, or an abusive type relationship? So you do want to have a Like, all of these spiritual disciplines can go the wrong way. If it's not free to you, then you might need to re-examine your practice of this discipline and say, wait a minute, I'm not quite um, exercising this discipline in the right way. And submission is one that can be very, very um, dangerous if not used in the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Amen? Amen. leave that with you as our word tonight. Thanks be to God. We're going to, um, before we do our, we have a prayer of confession. So here's what we're going to do. You can stay seated and reflect on the message and listen.